Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. All right. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. No guest with us this week. Uh, we recently put out our mid-year outlook and what we expect sort of out of the economy, the stock market, um, even the elections here over the next six months. So I thought I'd just take a quick second here to run through everything. Probably a little bit of a shorter episode today, just me. So I apologize if I'm just droning on here, but we'll get through this. And um, you know, this is a lot of really good information about where we expect the next six months to go here as it relates to the stock market and the economy. So you know, this year we haven't seen a full-blown crisis like we saw, let's say, in 2008 or nine, or even sort of with the COVID chaos that we saw in early 2020. But it's certainly been a bumpy ride, and a bumpy ride down, to say the least. So, you know, this this information is is sort of our guide here as we move into the to the end of the year and forward into 2023. As we look at the economy. You know, we still believe that the economy is growing and will continue to grow throughout the rest of the year. So that means our base case really is in a recession this year, potentially into next year. But we're also not forecasting tremendous economic growth either. We think GDP and just just I think I've maybe mentioned this on previous episodes, but the technical definition of a recession here, when you see it on the news, you hear economists or people talking about it, what they're talking about is, two quarters of negative GDP growth consecutively. Now, I know that may not mean a lot or sounds a lot like gibberish. Really what that means is, hey, businesses have gone backwards for two quarters in a row. There's been no growth for two quarters in a row. So we still don't anticipate that to happen throughout the rest of 2022. And even into 2023, we're still forecasting slight growth. So our base case really isn't a recession this year, potentially, you know, as we get into next year. But we also are forecasting that inflation will start to moderate and improve as we get towards the end of this year and into next year. Hopefully, we can get some closure to the Russia uh, Ukraine con- conflict there, which has put a real big uh, pressure on inflation because of gas, oil prices, as well as food. So, you know, the economy stuff, the the GDP, all that, I know that a lot of that sounds like gibberish, but that's sort of the underlying fundamentals of the economy and of the stock market. So let's get just to the stock market. That's, um, you know, probably a little more easily digestible and what, you know, again, what's more easily tracked, let's say. And, you know, we still think there's some headwinds to come in, Um, the rest of 2022, but we do anticipate inflation to fall. And the stock market and inflation are going to be pretty well linked as we move through the rest of 2022 into 2023. Historically speaking, stocks have been a great place to be during inflation, and we think that continues to be the case. And as as the economic environment continues to improve, we see valuations and future earnings growth to continue, you know, starting to continue to grow. And it's that earnings growth that um, you know, I think most people probably would be surprised to hear that even given the turmoil in the stock market this year, 
we've seen companies grow their earnings. So, you know, in the first quarter, we saw about a ten percent increase in uh, the stock market in the in the companies that reported their earnings, a ten percent increase in their earnings. Again, you know, I think when I talk with clients and I'm talking to people and I mention that, that's a little surprising because everybody feels like the world is really falling apart and the stock market's crashing and all these things, but stocks and companies are continuing to grow, continuing to make money. And that, you know, it's just this been in this inflation concern that's really um, struggled. But even given inflation, given the tight labor market, you know, anybody that has a job right now, essentially anybody that wants a job, excuse me, has a job now. And that's really helped buoy the, the, uh, the economy here as the stock market has, has continued to struggle. So, you know, we, we can, we expect our S&P estimate of where we anticipate the S&P to be by the end of 2022 is in that 4,300 to 4,400 range. So really that's putting us at about a 10 to, it's called 10 to 12% growth from where we stand today in the stock market. And, you know, a lot of that though, as I mentioned, is going to sort of just be tied to inflation. If we can see inflation start to trickle off and we're starting to see supply chains are starting, you know, the backlogs are starting to work themselves out. A lot of those things are starting to play out to where we think inflation can start to trend lower. We've even been seeing what's called core CPI core CPI or core inflation, that's the inflation rate if you take out oil and energy prices and if you take out food. If you take out those two things, inflation across the rest of the economy really has actually been starting to go down. Now, I know that's maybe a little obvious. If you take out the two bad things, then everything looks good. But you know, we are seeing progress there on, on inflation and we it's just this oil prices and food prices that we need to start trending back the other way that will really make an impact overall on inflation to get us back to more normal levels. Um, and we still think inflation, even in 2023, will still probably run a little bit higher than what the long-term average and what the long-term expectations are. But we should start to see a trend downward. For bonds, you know, for the past decade or so, bonds have been a really difficult place to have to be invested. There's been basically 0% interest rates, right? You're not earning a lot for the bonds. And we've also seen this year, bonds not provide the same level of diversification. Typically, stocks and bonds provide good diversification from one another. They're not correlated to each other, meaning they're moving in different directions. So when stocks are going up, bonds are flat to down. When stocks are going down, bonds typically go up. But we haven't seen that this year as rates have continued to rise. This put some downward pressure on bond prices. But at these new interest rates, bonds are now starting to look more attractive than they have in the past. So as I mentioned, you know, for the past decade, bonds have really not been an attractive option. You're not getting much interest to, you know, to compensate you for not taking for having a low risk investment. So stocks have really outpaced bonds quite dramatically over the last decade or so. But at these new interest rate levels, bonds are starting to look a lot more attractive and something we're starting to consider when now you can be in that 3%-ish range for the stocks or for the bonds that you're buying. So going forward, bonds look a lot more attractive for risk-averse investors, people who don't want to take 
a lot of risk. Um, bonds are starting to look more attractive, and we do anticipate them to be a good, add some good diversification to the portfolio at this point because you're being now compensated for um, holding those bonds with the higher interest payments. The last piece, really, for this year that we're looking at is midterm elections. So, midterm elections historically have tilted really heavily against whoever the sitting president is. So if it's a Democratic president, midterms historically have meant that Republicans take a lot of seats and vice versa. So since 1900, the president's party has lost House seats in the midterms 87% of the time, averaging about 30 seats lost. And in the Senate, it's about 67% of the seats change over from the opposite party to the president. And more, and that's just what I think with a lot of things has really started to, that trend has really increased each, each of the more recent election cycles. So you had Obama, President Obama lost 63 seats and President Trump lost 41 seats. The only president in recent times who's added seats is actually George W. Bush. And that was coming after 9-11. They sort of rode a wave of that patriotism, I guess you could say, and the Republicans added seats that year. But for the most part, each midterm election cycle, the opposite party to the president has gained seats. Um, and we're certainly anticipating that trend to continue this year. You know, there's some definitely some weak consumer confidence, let's say, given inflation and other things that have happened that you know we think it's really likely that Republicans um, gain control there. So with that backdrop, what I think is really important to notice is going back to 1950, every year after midterm elections has been strong for stocks. So if you look at just the S&P 500, like I mentioned, going back to 1950, 18 out of 18 times, the stock market has been higher 12 months out from the midterm elections with an average gain of about 14%. So I mentioned we're anticipating you know, to be in that 43 to 4,400 range by the end of the year. That gives us a 10 to 12%. So some of that's going to be baked into these numbers with the midterm elections. But I think it's important to know that elections cause some uncertainty once the election is done, then the you know the market really doesn't like uncertainty. And when elections and people are moving, when seats are changing and things are changing, the market really doesn't like that uncertainty. But after the elections, there's certainty in who's in control and what the uh, agenda may be for the next year. So we would anticipate, well, under that backdrop, stocks have have actually performed really well after midterm elections. Another sort of interesting fact, I guess you could say, is going back to 1950, if you just take a look again at the S&P 500, the highest performing years of the S&P 500 have been with a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, which is, I think, what we're looking at here as we move into uh, late 2022, early 2023. That, historically speaking, has averaged about 16.3% in the stock market. So, you know, again, past performance is no, uh, no guarantee of future results here, uh, but just an interesting uh, stat there as it relates to um, the midterms that we see coming up this year. So ultimately, we think the best path forward really for this environment, but any environment is to have a thoughtful plan. We've really worked with our clients to have an investment plan in place 
in anticipation of some of the volatility that we've seen rather than in response to it. We know that these types of markets happen, but if we stick to the plan from an investment perspective, we know that we're on track to meet whatever ultimate goals our clients have in mind. And that's really our objective as the advisor is to take all this information and make sure that we disseminate that to our clients, build that into our portfolio so we can help people as they work on track to their goals, whatever bumps may come along the way. If you have any questions about what it is that I talked about today, feel free to reach out to me. You can hit our website, www.wittenbergwealth.com, or you can shoot me a text, 801-839-7056. Happy to chat with you about your portfolio or how some of these things may impact your investment and your ultimate financial goals. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.